0: Mayor Lori Lightfoot's controversial plan to sue gang members faces a key test. The ordinance is up for a vote in the full city council today. Joining us now with the latest is WBEZ criminal justice reporter Patrick Smith. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Becky. So remind us what this ordinance would do and why Lightfoot and her allies are supporting it.
1: So this ordinance, if it passes, would empower the city's law department to sue alleged gang members in court Basically, the idea would be they would take gang members to court, say, you got this car or this money or or, or whatever from illegal activity related to the gang, and we're, we're going to get a judge to say we get to take it from you. Uh, another way it could work in court would be they would sue these alleged gang members and try and prove in court that the... That their illegal activity had a financial cost to the city or their neighborhood like an increased police presence or more ambulances to the area or something like that and tried to get a judge to order these uh, gangbangers to to pay or reimburse the city for that cost. As for why, um, Mayor Lightfoot says this will take away what she calls the profit motive for being in a gang. Uh, she says that's what's driving at least some of the violence in our city is is a profit motive for for gang members. Um, and by ordinance, I should say 50 percent of the money will go to support crime victims. So that would be another reason for it. At least one alderman I talked to who supported it, Chris Taliaferro, he said he wasn't sure this would work to, to reduce crime. But he said considering how bad the violence is in Chicago, he he's just up for trying anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Would those cases be hard to win, hard to prove?
1: uh from the lawyers and experts that i've talked to yes they would be very complex and difficult to prove cases i mean i think it depends on what kind of cases they're trying to prove i think cases that are closer to what we all sort of what i think many of us are aware of with like asset forfeiture a case like hey we caught you uh dealing drugs out of this car and we're gonna take it Mm. that's a relatively straightforward case that's something that the police already have the power to do a case where you prove You're part of this criminal conspiracy in this neighborhood and it cost this amount of money or it did this amount of damage to the community. I think that would be more a lot more complex to prove based on the people I've talked to.
0: Right. Now, we know this is up for a debate in council today. Alderman George Cardenas of the 12th Ward, he's the mayor's deputy floor leader. He predicted the vote would potentially be postponed. How how likely is that, Patrick?
1: Well, I mean, uh, Alderman Cardenas is, is certainly more plugged in than I am. So if he's saying he thinks it's going to happen, I, I think there's at least a chance for it. I mean, as you know, Becky, uh, this city council is more divided than, than past councils. They've bucked Mayor Lightfoot on several measures before. And so, yeah, there's some rumblings that that this legislation could – could invite that kind of sort of uh, pushback from Alderman,
0: right? And we do know that if they succeed in this delay, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have the votes to defeat this ordinance. Typically, when when this has happened, this um, this trick—it's called a defer and publish. Lightfoot ends up just scheduling a meeting for Friday, and um, and then they vote on it then so if that does occur and the ordinance is approved what happens next patrick what's your understanding
1: so so if this gets approved i mean it's it's essentially immediately that city attorneys will have the power to start filing these lawsuits there's language i don't know why i'm getting into this kind of detail but there's language in the ordinance where if it's approved by a two-thirds majority it takes it takes effect immediately if it's if it's just a simple majority it takes effect 10 days after it passes so either way basically right away the city attorneys will have the power to file these kind of lawsuits. I would not expect lawsuits filed right away, though, because as we were just talking about, these are complex cases that will take a lot of time to build. But it would mean city attorneys could start working on them. And one thing I, I think is important to note, you know, the law department is 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 down some attorneys. It's mm-hmm. it's it's short staff. We just saw a top attorney who handles the consent decree leave, uh, I think, announced her departure yesterday. So taking up these cases they can start right away but taking up these cases will will mean attorneys having to put other things to the side or dropping other other initiatives.
0: Yeah, I wondered if maybe there you know was a specific case they think they could win that they're ready to file. Do you have any sense that 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 is the case?
1: Oh, that's a really good point. You know, I have not heard and I have not heard that level of specificity or anything like that. I wouldn't assume that the city attorneys have already started working to build this case, but that is certainly possible i will say considering the amount of pushback that this this uh this ordinance has gotten I would think if they had that level of detail, the mayor's office might want to get that out there. However, th- you know that might also be something where you wouldn't want to tip off the people you were going to sue. So that would be interesting <laughs> sure. if they're like ready to file. You know, the day that this goes into effect, I would be surprised by that.
0: Though. Sure. Yeah. Now, a group of city council members, community leaders, and advocates held a virtual press conference to urge Mayor Lori Lightfoot to just abandon the measure to not even put it out for a vote on council. Um, you mentioned some of their criticisms, but what are what are you know what are they? Concerned about,
1: yeah. So there is really like a litany of things that that critics uh, have said is wrong with, with this ordinance. Um, and, and I should say that the it's a, it's a pretty broad group of people who have been criticizing this. The criticisms are one that this idea that it would de- deter crime is just not not accurate, according to, to a lot of people that I've talked to. That uh, you know, I think it was Alderman Ray Lopez who put it that that Mayor Lightfoot is. Thinking of gangs like in the nineteen eighties when they're like driving beamers and they're they're, you know, making a bunch of money dealing drugs and that's yeah. just not the reality on the ground now yeah. that, that most gang members in Chicago are are broke and there's right. not gonna be a lot of assets to seize. There's also this idea that it will disproportionately hurt black and brown people in the city because we have a troubled past with our gang, um with our gang list, gang database here of misidentifying and over identifying people of color as gang members in the city. And then the last thing real quick is is attorneys have said if the city starts suing gang members because we think there's going to be issues with due process and issues with discrimination that we were just talking about, we're going to file lawsuits against the city because of it and this could end up actually costing the city money.
0: Right. The city has a lot of legal settlements it already grapples with. You're listening to Reset. I'm Becky Vivi in today for Sasha and Simons. We're talking about the latest on Mayor Lightfoot's push to sue gang members. That ordinance faces a vote in the full city council today, and that meeting is still ongoing right now. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll get an update on masking in Chicago public schools. Stay with us for that. I want to turn to another story that Patrick has been following closely, but first I want to caution listeners this this story discusses suicide. The National Suicide Hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. Patrick, you report that the family of a military veteran named Irene Chavez is suing the city. Tell us more about her and her case.
1: Yeah, so Irene Chavez was 33 years old. As you mentioned, she was a military veteran who served two tours overseas in the Army, including uh, in Afghanistan, when she left the army, she became a paramedic, but she suffered from PTSD and alcoholism that really negatively impacted her life. Um, you know, The last few years of her life were very difficult. Um, in December, Irene Chavez was arrested at a Southside bar for misdemeanor battery. She had an altercation with a bouncer over the jukebox. And during the arrest, uh, Chavez and her friend told police that she was a veteran with PTSD. Her friend told police that Chavez was was an alcoholic who was relapsing after 45 days sober, and that she should be taken to the hospital. Uh, Instead, police arrested her. They took her to a a police station lockup, and 45 minutes later, she was found hanged in her cell.
0: So what is her family alleging, um, and what are they seeking in their lawsuit?
1: So her family is is saying in their lawsuit that police had a legal obligation to get her medical help instead of arresting her. They say police policy directs officers who know someone is suffering a mental health crisis to take that person to the hospital, not to jail, if they are charged with a misdemeanor, which, which is what Chavez was, was, was charged with. And they say that the lockup at the police station where she was taken had multiple suicide hazards that the department should have addressed. And that put Chavez at risk, including the fact that the window into the cell where she was being held was covered with paper so officers couldn't see inside. You know, the lawsuit claims that the way police handled this violates the U.S. Constitution, the American with Disabilities Act, Americans with Disabilities Act, and, and the lawsuit claims that Chavez's death was a wrongful death under Illinois law because of willful and wanton denial of medical care. Um, they're seeking monetary damages. They say they want – they're doing this. To get the truth out there and to try to prevent this from happening again.
0: Wow! Now we know the civilian office of police accountability released video footage of uh, that's related to her death. What does that footage show?
1: Yeah, they released. You know, they actually weren't required to do this by statute, but but did did release all the body worn camera videos from from this incident. And those, there's a lot of video, and they back up the version of events that are in the lawsuit. You can hear. Uh, Irene Chavez and her friend telling police that she's a veteran of PTSD. You can hear a friend saying she should go to the hospital at the station. You can hear Irene Chavez tell an officer that she is not all right. And at the station, you can see that paper over the window into the cell so that officers can't see inside. So if this gets to trial at some point, I don't think much of it will be about what actually happened that night. It's going to be about officers perceptions of Irene Chavez's mental state and about, about what the law actually required them to do in that moment. I think that's going to be the question with this lawsuit, not actually what happened that night.
0: And briefly, before I let you go on another story, uh, new details have emerged in the events leading up to the the retirement of former CPD Superintendent Eddie Johnson. Could you give us uh, quickly the latest there?
1: Yeah, I can. (laughs) Yeah, you say briefly, there's a lot to unpack. Eddie Johnson, you know, he was removed as superintendent after he was found asleep behind the wheel of his parked car after a night of drinking. He was out drinking that night with an an officer, Cynthia Donald, who Mm -hmm. has since sued the city and said that Johnson raped her and made sex a condition of her employment. Um, Donald, after that incident where he where Johnson was found asleep behind the wheel of his car, she was transferred out of the superintendent's office. She says that was a demotion, that she was being punished essentially for being the victim of sexual harassment and abuse. And so the new thing, that's all – there's a lot that's already happened there. The new thing is that there's newly filed testimony from former Superintendent Eddie Johnson where he says that it was Mayor Lightfoot who directly ordered him to transfer Donald out of the superintendent's office once she found out about this alleged relationship between – Johnson and Donald.
0: Mm, Well, we know you'll be following that and we'll stay tuned. That's WBEZ criminal justice reporter Patrick Smith. Patrick, thank you so much for the update. Thank you. And if you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, the National Suicide Hotline number, again, is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255.